Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our final episode of season one of Before the Down Beat, a musical podcast. I am your host, Ginger. What's the, your name? My name is Mackenzie. <laughs> my brain is is not oh, fully God. awake or working yet no, um, today. Right. So. We're good. And that, once again, ladies and gentlemen, is my lovely co-host, Canadian B. Arthur, director extraordinaire who has now taken a well-deserved vacation from the land of theater after directing not one, not two, but three different shows all in the course of three months. Yeah. Autumn Smith. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Autumn, how you doing? I'm good. (laughs) Feeling great. Uh, even though I'm still in the middle of all those three shows. <laughs> when, when we're recording this, you are in the heat of doing oh, this, yeah. of doing this crazy three show rampage. Crazy. Um, but now we want to end our first season on an even number, not 13. Yeah, we 13 wanted, was weird. Right? So we wanted yeah. to add an extra one in to make it an even 14. And Autumn, this is one of your choices. Autumn, what are we talking about? Little Shop of Horrors. musical <laughs> phenomenon yes cult um, classic by Mencken and Ashman yes genius wonderful I love this musical so then Autumn why don't you tell us why you chose this musical because this is um, your choice of a show it is you know I would have chosen eventually <laughs> but why so um my my lovely lovely little man Reed is a horticulturalist oh very good <laughs> uh, eight Okay. We have big plans for him, don't we, Sarah? Got quite the green thumb. Perfect. And we need the gardens. We recently bought him some Venus fly traps. Oh wow! Um, they have they have um subsequently died, but that's oh. okay. That's okay. We didn't we didn't feed them any blood, I guess. Oh dear. Uh, anyway, I I bought him the musical, uh, the movie version of this, and perfect. I started listening to it again, and I just fell in love with it again Mm -hmm. i love this musical it's very smart it's so smart it is so smart (laughs) and one can read into this all they want yes they can the big green ugly plant at the center yep uh, which is Um, awesome yeah autumn since i some people may not know this cult classic show yeah. Uh, Autumn, what is this show about? Like, give us a brief um, plot breakdown here. So it's about uh, a little guy called Seymour mm-hmm. Krellborn, mm-hmm. uh, who lives on Skid Row, and he works in a florist shop, Mr. Mushnick's florist shop, <laughs> and he loves uh, odd plants. And he comes across, after a total eclipse of the sun, um, the Audrey 2. And the Audrey 2 is a monstrous um, human-eating 
Venus flytrap. Yeah. And see, it's complicated because Seymour is in love with Audrey, who also works at Mr. Mushnick's store. Yes. Uh, but, but she it, is in love with a horrible dentist. Well, not in love, but she's with kind of stuck with dentist. Him. She's in an abusive relationship. Settling. Yeah, he beats her. Not nice. So Seymour gets rid of the dentist by feeding him to the plant. Mm-hmm. And the plant keeps growing and wanting more. And Seymour gets a taste of what the other side would look like. Mm-hmm. That's the somewhere that's green. that's green. The grass is always greener. Yes. We just talked about that. We, we did. did company as we well. Did. Uh and he's in a he's in a moral dilemma. Yes, he is. Should I kill the plant mm-hmm. or keep feeding it and feeding myself at yep. the same time? Mm-hmm. It's very um, Faustian. It is very Faustian. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that because I find a lot of ties to that. It's also like it's like just talk about controlling your destiny mm-hmm. and feeding the machine or the the plant right this this thing that is evil as a working class human being mm-hmm. i find very appealing <laughs> as you know uh-huh. um so that is the show um i'll let you know it's not a happy ending no well um, at least it's not on stage in the film version they gave it a happy ending Film versions always end in a happy ending. Yeah. Um, we'll get into why that is. But the uh, the, the play is kind well, of well, a, it's very um, Shakespeare much, tragedy. Well, it's just like this the play Dr. Faustus. We're at the end of the play. Faustus is literally dragged to hell by the demons, yeah. like kicking and screaming. Yes. And at and the end of this play, Seymour literally goes down into the pit of hell, a.k.a. into, into the, the plant. plant. Uh, with everybody else. Yeah. And um, it's quite sad. It is. It's quite It's quite tragic. It really is and a modern day retelling of the, of, Do- of Dr. Faustus is what it kind is. Kind of, yeah. It really but is. But it's also like a commentary on capitalism. Absolutely. Like the working man that keeps feeding, feeding the beast. Yes. And how the beast keeps demanding more and mm-hmm. more. Feed me. In autumn. Yes. Why don't you tell us who we have on the team? Because we have a whole new roster of people this, this time. Is, this is like a whole brand new thing. Mm-hmm. So let's start with um, our wonderful uh, composer, Mr. Alan Irwin Mankin. Love him. Uh, American composer, yep. songwriter, music conductor, mm-hmm. director, and record producer. Yes. Um, he's known for little things like The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the mm. Beast. Aladdin, Pocahontas, uh, yeah, yeah, Hunchback of Notre one. Dame, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Newsies, Hercules, Home on the Range, Tangle. He also worked with uh, Lynn Aaron's on A Christmas Carol. We will talk about that show. It yeah. is on. It will be our Christmas episode. Ooh, that's great. I'm a huge Lynn Aaron's fan. It's a really great show. It's a really uh, fun. It's actually my favorite version of A Christmas Carol musically. No, it, she's, yeah. she's genius. It and is. he also did Sister Act. Yes, he did. Which I think is amazing. Which Whoopi Goldberg is now doing Back in the West End again. Awesome. Where she's retaking the role of, what's her name? The main act, the main oh, one. Oh, I forget. Whatever her name is. Uh, yeah, the one, she, the one she played in the movie? Yeah, she's come Love back it. to play that role again in the West End. Um, Mankin has worked with uh, Lynn Aaron's Howard Ashman, which he did yep. Little Shop of Horrors with, 
Tim Rice. Yep. Glenn Slater. Stephen Schwartz. They've all kind like, of worked together. They're all that yeah. intermingled Disney Renaissance gang. Yeah. Um, his, uh, let's see. His father was a boogie-woogie piano-playing dentist. <laughs> his father was a dentist. Oh, God. Uh, and his mother was an actor, dancer, playwright. So he came naturally into this. Obviously. Um, he took up piano and violin at an early mm-hmm. age. He attended uh, New Rochelle High School in New Rochelle, New York, which is just outside. Um, oh, there I you think go. it's on the... I think it's on the Hudson. Okay. Um, but don't quote me on that. I might be wrong. Um, and then he he started, uh, he wanted to become a rock star or a recording artist. I can see that. I love that. Uh, and he, he only became interested in writing musicals when he joined a BMI musical theater workshop with uh, Lehman Engel. There you go. So, um. The first thing he did with Howard Ashman Mm -hmm. uh, was a musical adaptation of Kurt Vonnegut's novel, God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater. Great source material. I I know. (laughs) It's Kurt Vonnegut, right? And then they went on, of course, to write Little Shop. Yeah. And then after that, it was... Disney. Disney, all the way. Although he did do um, an adaptation of The Apprenticeship of Duddy Kravitz. I don't know that. uh, Based on the 1959 novel. Okay. um, Oh, I forget forget who wrote Duddy Kravitz. Hold on. I will tell you in just a moment. Okay. Uh, It's Mordecai Richler. Of course. Of course, Mordecai. Of course. Um, uh, Uncle Mordecai. It was produced in uh, Montreal. Okay. And... I think Ken James played Duddy. Oh, there you go. If I'm James. I James. I think it's James. I do not know. I I can't help you. Him at Shaw. Did you? Well, I'm gonna look at uh, my things now. Uh, Great guy. Oh, he's amazing. I just don't want to mess up his name. Uh no, that's not it. Nope. Uh maybe it's Ken James Stewart. Sorry. Ken James Stewart. He's there you go. Just a delightful he also played Charlie Brown at Stratford. Oh anyway, okay. Love it. He's he's the uh, a gift of a human being. Love it. Um anyway, uh so then uh Macon went into writing um Disney. After that. Really kicked his career into high gear. But he also wrote songs for Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Rocky Five, Mm -hmm. uh, Home Alone 2, (laughs) um, let's see, Captain America. Oh, that's Sausage right. Party. He was the 
composer for that movie. But Bob yes, Grace, the internet, Holmes and Watson. He also did Aladdin. Yeah, a whole new world. Yeah, right? go the uh, distance. You wrote that. Go the distance. Oh. Like just great songs. Anything from the '90s with Disney, except for Mulan, has um, um, Ashman and Minkin's prints on them. Even no. after Ashman died, he still had well, influence because yes. basically they took what Ashman had done with the first few and just tried to recreate they it. They tried to recreate it, but it's hard. It's really hard. It is. Ash or um, yeah, Ashman really had a gift for making he those did. stories come like, alive. Like I mean. Mermaid and Beauty Aladdin and, and Beauty and the Beast really were. I mean, he start he died during Aladdin, Aladdin yeah. which is weird because he wanted to do Aladdin, and that was the one he really wanted to do because he really saw it as a story of a son and a mother trying yeah. to come together, which is why the song "Proud of Your Boy" was written. Proud of your boy, I'll make you proud of your boy. Bad as I've been, love, you're in for a pleasant surprise. I've wasted time, I've wasted me. So say I'm slow for my age, a late bloomer. Okay, I agree that I've been one rotten kid. Some sun, some pride, and some joy. But I'll get over these lousing up, messing up, screwing up times. You'll see, Ma, now comes the better part. Someone's gonna make good, cross his stupid heart. Make good and finally make you proud of your boy. Oh. It was really meant as an ode to his mother. Interesting. Um, but they were like, yeah, we're not really ready to do Aladdin yet, but we really want to get this Beauty and the Beast one done, and we just can't figure it out. And so well, Howard Ashman came in and worked basically on his deathbed to get that show done. And we will get into Beauty and the Beast when we do talk about that yeah. show, because that is on our musical list to come up in the next, I think it's either next season or the season after. So within the first next two seasons, we will have Beauty and the Beast on our roster. Can't wait. Can't wait. So let's, while we're talking about Mr. Ashman, let's talk yes. about him a little let's bit. Get, let's get some more bio. wonderful book and uh, writer and lyricist. Gone too soon. Yes, way too soon. Um, but that was the tragedy. That was the AIDS crisis. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. At that time, um, we lost really phenomenal artists mm -hmm. and just people. We lost yeah. a lot of people. Um. Ashman uh, studied, uh, well, his parents were ice cream cone manufacturers. Oh, I love that. There you go. I, I just love him all around. <laughs> um, went to Boston University and got our college. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, he did um, summer theater at Tufts University. There you go. And then did a master's degree at Indiana. Mm -hmm. um, he uh, was a director, a lyricist, and book writer for the 1986 Broadway musical Smile. Right with Jody is, Benson. That's right. It's 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 a fun musical. Is it? Yeah, it is. I know it flopped, and that really kind of destroyed uh, him a bit. And thankfully, it was because of Disney that kind of brought him back from that. But that really kind of wrecked him a bit. Was Smile? It did. Um, and he wrote with Mencken, Vonnegut's God Bless You, Mister Rosewater, Rosewater, yeah. and then collaborated on Little Shop of Horrors. 
um, he was asked to write lyrics for a song in Disney's Oliver and Company, which started the ball rolling. Yes, with it did. Disney. Absolutely. Then he went on to work on The Little Mermaid, uh, as we said, mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast, yeah. and um, uh, the wonderful Aladdin, which was his last piece. He um, died right before Beauty and the Beast came out. Yeah. He really brought Disney out of the gutter with, with what he, he really did. He really did. Like, he like, was the driving force to bring Disney animation back. Little Mermaid was the first time they'd done an animated Disney princess movie. That's right. Since Sleeping Beauty, which was back in the 50s. 50s. 50s yeah. was the last because Walt had worked on that one. And it was gorgeous, but it went away over budget. And they kind of left it, left it on the side there. And so Ariel was the first Disney princess to come around in almost like 20, 30 years. Mm. And it was because Ashman was right. Go back to what made Disney great. Yeah. Which was Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. At one, 100%. And, and he was the smart one who went, make like make your movies like a Broadway show. And, and they did. They did. And it works. It totally it works. works. And then you can transfer them yeah. to Broadway. <laughs> which is ultimately what they've done. Yeah. Yeah. They've been really smart I mean, about that. I, I, these are my, his are, his and Mencken's collaborative mm-hmm. uh, efforts are my favorite. Absolutely. Like Beauty and the Beast. Nothing number one. Beauty and the Beast. It's my number one. Yeah. Easily. Uh, and the, seconded by Aladdin. I'm like, not a huge fan of Aladdin. I can't I get behind Aladdin. Aladdin just because I think Aladdin's a very problematic character and really you're just waiting around for Robin Williams to show up. That's really what you're waiting I for. Mean, well, And I saw know, the Broadway version and I didn't like that at all. That I was like it. No, I I I would like much rather watch um, Hunchback or Hunchback is also good. It's so dark. It's so good. Um, Hunchback or um, Little Mermaid. I do like Little Mermaid. As much as Ariel is very shout out to Mary Keenan. Yes, we're talking about Little Mermaid because <laughs> if I don't do that, yeah, she'll get very angry. She'll be very angry. But yes, Disney. Fantastic. Um, okay. So yeah. So he he died at the age of forty uh, due to complications because of AIDS. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, There's a documentary coming out about him made yeah. by uh, Don Hahn. Oh great. He is he's making it. He's produced a documentary. It's you know right. at film festivals and it should be released hopefully in 2020 on Disney Plus. Yeah. Which will explore the life and we'll get a lot of behind the scenes clips of him in the recording studio with Jerry Orbach, Angela Lansbury, Jody Benson. Yeah, making the Disney magic. So keep an eye out for that. Awesome, that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, fantastic. I I look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that is kind of it because uh, Ashman yeah. did a lot. He did the book. He did the lyrics. He also directed. Yeah, he also directed it. So, so yeah, it's really just the two of them. Genius, right? Genius. Okay. Yeah, and then they made it into a movie. They did, and Which, we'll get into that with yeah. my production history. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, yeah. here we go. So the musical actually began its life as a B low budget 1960s black comedy film called The Little Shop of Horrors. With Jack Nicholson. I was about to say, that's the cool fact is that it starred Jack Nicholson. This is our third Jack Nicholson mention this season. It is. We talked about him in episode one with Witches of Eastwick. That's right. We and did. we talked about him in West Side Story. I feel pretty. I feel pretty. Yes. That's right. So we've talked about that. This is our third. Jack Nicholson. And it comes hot on the heels of me seeing a production of A Few Good Men. Bingo. So there you go. Four Jack Nicholsons. There you go. Who would have known? So when they made the change, 
to make this into a fi- uh, a musical from a film, there was a number of changes they made to the story because really it was a B level, sixty minute movie. It, like if you go back and watch it, it's oh, not yeah. that great. It's, not, it's, 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 it's not that long. No, it's a really short movie. So they made some changes. So they made changes such as moving it from Skid Row, Los Angeles, to Skid Row's New York. Mm-hmm. They omitted Seymour's uh, hypochondrial mother, uh, Jewish mother, and instead made him an orphan. Um, who who is a Karen right. Bushnick? That's right. Yeah, that's he, right. He, kind of, kind of picture uh, Howard's mother from Big Bang Theory is basically oh, yeah. what they did, and they took that out. Uh, the other big major changes they dropped the subplot involving the two investigating police officers, and in the film, the sadistic dentist is not killed by suffocation due to laughing gas, but is stabbed with dental instruments in the film. And basically, they also added in the abusive relationship with Audrey. Uh, to make it more palatable for audiences that Seymour would kill this man. Right. They kind of had to build that up a bit. So uh, making an Ashman, they actually met in 1977, mm-hmm. uh, when Ashman was the artistic director of the WPA Theater in New York. Awesome. Uh, he and Mencken were at the BMI workshop, as well, right. where, as, well as there was uh, Murray Yeston, who we talked about in Titanic. Yeah, <laughs> it's come back again. Um, and then um, Ed Claban was another uh, member of their group. So Who's that? he he is another man who died very um, quickly of AIDS. But he was he was a playwright who wrote oh. some really cool plays. Apparently, he was he was very notable. Not that I've seen much of his work, but he was mentioned as part of the class. So I went. He must be important. Um, musical itself premiered off off Broadway. On May the 6th, 1982, at a workshop for the Players Art Foundation at the WPA Theater, and it played there until June the 6th. So basically, it did like a month run mm-hmm. uh, in 1982. It then opened off-Broadway, so see, we, we, we moved up a little bit in the world, from off-off-Broadway to off-Broadway. And it opened at the Orpheum Theater in Manhattan's East Village on July 27th, 1982. So basically, it jumped very quickly up the ranks and that production was directed by ashman uh with musical staging by eddie cowan uh and this show was a rave hit like people were fawning over it it was great uh the cast included lee uh wilkoff as seymour ellen green as audrey and ron taylor as the voice of audrey too nice yeah the production won several awards in the 1982-1983 drama desk award season including for outstanding musical as well as a new york drama critics circle Award for Best Musical and um, Outer uh, Critics Circle Awards as well. So it was a big award-winning hit. Right. The production ran for five years. And when it closed on November the 1st, 1987, after 2,209 performances, it it was the third longest-running musical off-Broadway and the highest-grossing production in off-Broadway history. Wow. So very well done. It was proposed uh, to transfer the show to Broadway. However, Ashman shot that down, saying the show belonged where it was in an intimate off-Broadway setting versus in a big Broadway yeah. theater. Which makes sense. It does work better when you're closer to the plant. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think you should feel like you're part of the store. Right? Yeah. Um, so since the show never actually made it to Broadway, the original production was not eligible for the 1982 Tony Awards. Fun fact, the producers of the original production were WPA Theater... David Geffen, Cameron McIntosh, and the Schubert organizations. Interesting. There you go. 
Uh, the show itself has gone on to have several successful revivals, including London's West End production, which opened on October the 12th, 1983, at the Comedy Theater, once again produced by Sir Cameron Mackintosh. That production ran for 813 performances, starred Barry James wow. as Seymour, and Ellen Green reprised her role as Audrey. Yes. Uh, the Off-Rally revival at the West Side Theater uh, began previews, so that there's another uh, revival now in the works. Oh, great. Yep. Um, and at, when it began previews on September 17th, 2019, and it officially opened on October 17th, 2019, starred Jonathan Groff as Seymour. Gideon Glick re- replaced him from November uh, 5th, 5th to 17th, and then from January 21st to March the 17th. Right. Right when he was doing Frozen, basically, mm. is when they had kind of had, he had to leave. Um, and then recently it's been announced that Jeremy Jordan is scheduled to take over the role. Hmm. However, there's been backlash to this casting as people have felt Jeremy Jordan is too attractive to be Seymour. Well, I, I don't know who Jeremy Jordan is. Maybe that's He did uh, Newsies. He was, the lead, he, he was the lead in Newsies. Well. He also did um, Bonnie and Clyde, the yeah, musical. Yeah, can't be pretty. Yeah, Seymour can't be pretty. Um, Stratford just did a production of this show directed by Donna Fior. Uh, it starred Andre um, Morin as Seymour, Gabby Epstein as Audrey, Steve Ross as Mr. Mushnick, Dan Chamroy as Orin the Dentist, and Matthew G. Brown as the voice of Audrey too. Awesome. So very good cast. Uh, it's also because of this small cast has become a very popular community theater, school, and amateur group production to mount. So yeah. there you go. It's had a life of its own. Um, the musical was made into a film in 1986. Yes. It was directed by the Muppets uh, fame director, Frank Oz, who yes. also plays Yoda. Um, yes. And the film star, Canadian Rick Moranis. I love Rick Moranis. He's a perfect Seymour Cowboy. He is. Yeah. Uh, Ellen Green came back once again as Audrey. Of course she did. Steve but, Martin. Like, was yeah. there as the dentist. You had Canadian actor John Candy as well in the cast. You also had Christopher Guest and Bill Murray in the cast as well. Christopher Guest was in it? He was. Oh, my Who was Atlanta. he? I'm gonna, I'll have to look and see who he was. I love Christopher Guest. Okay, hold on. Let me see here. Let's of see who he was. Of course he was Little Shop Horrors. That's hilarious. Christopher Yes. I'm assuming he's one of the many customers. Let's see here. Probably. Who, who was? We have to watch it again now. Who was he? Who was he? Christopher Guest was the first customer, first customer to enter the flower shop and notice the Audrey too. Whoop-dee-doo. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Hey, where did you get that strange and unusual plant? <laughs> Schmacking. Totally schmacked. This is one that yeah, you can you can totally schmacked. Um, so as we talked about, when this uh, was made into a movie, they had to change the ending. Even though during production, Frank Oz did shoot a twenty-three minute original off-Broadway ending of the show, where everybody dies, gets eaten by the plant, not a happy ending. No. Um, however, audiences who previewed the movie did not like this ending, mm-hmm. so the studio made him rewrite and reshoot the ending for a much happier finale yeah yeah so that's the history autumn how did you come to this show my god i've known this show forever i'm i mean i think i watched the movie when it first came out Mm -hmm. 
And when did, it came out in 1986. Yep. The movie came out in 1986. Yeah. <laughs> I the, was the show the was tender age of 13. Oh, wow. Uh, so I watched the movie when I was 13. There and I've loved it yep. ever since. Um, and I've seen community theater productions of this. Have I, you adjudicated a production of this yet? Hmm. I don't remember. Okay. Maybe. Probably. Probably. It's very well. It's done a lot. I feel like I have. Has the Osha Little Theater Company done this show yet? Yes. Yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it there, though. Okay. Um, But I know I've seen... I remember seeing it in Scarborough. Okay. That's where I saw it. Okay. Actually, that's a um, perfect place for a little shop. There's a lot of right? flower shops you could do. I know. A, a um, I know. real um, production there. Like yeah. Like a intimate production. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I've just known it forever. Okay. And I've loved it forever because it's complex. Yeah. But it's, like, B-movies are clever that way. They are. Like, there, there's a lot of great B-movies. Again, we, we talk about satire. This, again, is a piece of satire. Absolutely. It's political satire. Yeah. Uh, which I very much enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Okay. I like it. I like this one. Yeah. That's how I came to it. What about you? Well, I came to this, uh, through family guy. Oh my God. There Herbert, the pervert does a somewhere that's green, uh, parody song of this, where he's imagining his life with Chris, the teenage boy. He rakes and trims the grass. He loves to mow and weed. I cook like Betty Crocker, and I look like Donna Reed. There's plastic on the furniture to keep it neat and clean. In the fine soul scented air, somewhere that's Oh my it's hysterical. So that's where I learned that. And then I also, my singing teacher tried to teach me Suddenly Seymour as well. Didn't it's a go great well. song. It, 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 I will get to it. Yes, we will. Um, and so, and then I also had a friend who let me the movie in high school and I watched it once and I was like, okay, cool job. Yeah, you're sold. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it did stick with me, but it was like, okay, I know what it is now. And then uh, it wasn't until really last summer where I really picked it up again because I went out and saw it at Stratford. Okay. Because they have the young uh, um, like artist discount where you can like get tickets for like 30 bucks. This is one of those things where you're an artist and you're older yeah. and you can't get those tickets. Yeah, I know. Middle age, I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah. Between now and 29, I'm going to see a lot at Stratford because you can take the coach for like 20 bucks and you get to go see a show for like 30 bucks. It's great. Um, take advantage, take advantage of it, my Canadian theater friends. Um, but yeah, I saw the show. Uh, I will say I liked the show. However, I did find the show was not grimy and dirty enough for me, especially at the top of the show. It was too clean. That's the one thing I will say. Kind of like that's the one thing I'd say, Donna, is I love the show overall. The puppet was great, but it was a little bit too clean. Everything she does is too clean. Like it needed to be grimy and dirtier. They look too clean to be in Skid Row. You know what I mean? She is all about shiny, yeah. Mackenzie. Yeah, I, we can't do shiny. This is why I don't like her, all of her twists. Yeah. With her husband, Comfior. As Fagin. Was very shiny. Yeah. Overall, love the show. However, I had totally forgotten how little Orn the Dentist is in the show. Oh, yeah. I Hardly thought he was all. in there a lot more, but I was very no. sad when they killed him off because Dan Chamroy 
was fantastic as the dentist. Yes. Um, and then I also forgot how quickly the show ends. A little bit too abruptly, in my opinion. The show wraps up really fast. It does. And I'm like, we need we need to live in this world a little bit longer. Um, I also just liked how, since having studied um, Dr. Faustus in York's fantastic um, theater studies program. Yay. Um, <clears throat> Uh, we studied this play and I love how now I can make correlations with that play in this musical because there's a lot which makes oh, sense of why Strasburg would mount this show because it ties back to that classical theater root of Dr. Faustus. Okay, top three songs, Autumn. What's your number one? My number one is like in the whole show mm -hmm. is the Meek Shall Inherit. My future starting I've got to let it stick with plant and gee my bank account will thrive what am i saying no way forget it it's much too dangerous to keep the plant alive i take these offers that means more killing who knew success would come with messy nasty strings i sign these contracts that means i Not on my list. <laughs> Not on my list, but go for it's it. Probably on his opposite list. No, it I isn't actually. It. Actually, no, it isn't. There, especially yeah. near the end, like he's getting all these offers, and the machine it, and the yes. capitalist agenda is trying to feed him, and he's like, "My future's starting. I have yeah. to let it stick with this plant, and gee, my yeah. bank account will thrive." Yeah. Oh my god, what am I saying? Yeah, I, I can't. It's much too dangerous to keep the plant alive. It's so. It's like it's a perfect soliloquy. Mm, it really because is because he's going back and forth going oh he's getting all these great I, offers if i do this I'll, I'll have money for the rest i'll be able to support myself i can have a family mm -hmm. i can take audrey to that place that's green with a yeah. white picket fence we can watch lucy yes uh and then he's like but what is the flip side of that what I am i doing to kill people yeah like that is a monstrous moral dilemma it is uh for the every man it really is and I wonder how many people get it put in that same position would have the same moral dilemma. Yeah, it's true. Like the want to be something again, rising out of your class, your class and into another, like changing your destiny. Yeah. Seems to be the theme of so many of these musicals. Well, it lends itself to being a great theme. That, it is a great that's, theme. You can spin in so many ways. Yeah. Right? Um, so I just, I find that, I find it fascinating. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then he says, and then the thing that makes his decision for him is his love for Audrey. It's not the money. Nope. It's Audrey. Yeah. It, and he says, if life were tawdry and impoverished as before, mm -hmm. she might not like me. She might not want yeah. me. My plan, she might not love me anymore. Yeah. And like, that's so tragic mm -hmm. because I think he misses that she loves him for him. Yeah. And, and that's so tragic. That's bigger than everyone being eaten. Yeah. For me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So the Inherit, because it's so complex, 1000% number one song okay yours dentist 
When I was younger, just a bad little kid My mama noticed funny things I did Like shooting puppies with a BB gun I'd poison guppies, and when I was done I'd find a pussycat and bash in its head That's when my mama said What did she say? She said, my boy, I think someday You'll find a way to make your natural tendencies pay You'll be a dentist You'll have a talent for causing things pain Son, be a dentist People will pay you to be inhumane Your temperament's wrong for the priesthood And teaching would suit you still less Son, be a dentist You'll be a success Oh, God. No. Yes. This is the true villain song, if there ever was one. It is. There is no gray with Orn. You can argue with me about Rooster and Hagen being gray, but Orn is a psychotic, abusive villain. He is. He is. And yet the song is so funny because we all hate the dentist. Well, yeah, it, but in the music, it gives us the opposite. Yeah. Because there is no gray with him. You're right. There's yeah. there's no... Middle ground. There's no, no... And because it was written as a B-movie, yeah. it's allowed. Yeah. It's allowed. Yes. This is uh, the true villain song, if there ever was one. It is. There is no gray with Orn. You can there's, argue with me about Rooster and Hagen being gray, but Orn is a oh, no, psychotic, he's, abusive he's villain. He is. He is. And yet it's, the song is so funny because we all hate the dentist. Well, yeah, it, it, but in the music, it gives us the opposite. Yeah. Because there is no gray with him. You're right. There's yeah. there's no... Middle ground. There's no... no. Mm-hmm. And because it was written as a B-movie, yeah. it's allowed. Yeah. It's allowed. Yes. And I didn't know Aunt Mankin's parents were dentists. Well, his dad was a, like a boogie-woogie piano play so sorry, is it, so yeah. that's hilarious so i gotta so i gotta wonder where that like, like what ties are there with because obviously the film said you had it had to be a dentist but to write yeah. the lyrics and the music for this you gotta wonder did Mencken tap into something about dentistry <laughs> and hating it because I, I don't know anybody who likes going to the dentist it's oh no i hate it it's it's the worst it is the literal worst yeah it's I, awful. I have a great dentist you can have a great dance, but you still hate going. But it's like, it's so invasive. Yeah. Like when you go into an oral cavity, and yeah. the fact that his name is Orin. Yeah. Like, or in. Yeah. Is in your oral cavity. Yeah. It's so invasive. It is. Yeah, but yeah, Ugh. but you also have Ash. There's only one doctor that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty close. The yeah. dentist is pretty close. Yeah. There you go. But I also love Ashman's rhyming in this, where you have like uh, pain and in um, inhumane or bicuspid and maladjusted. Like it's, it's genius. Like, it, it like that's where you see that. Like it was interesting. You can see ties to this song and Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. In a spitting match, nobody spits like Gaston. I'm especially good at expectorating tweets. Ten points for Gaston. When I was a lad, I ate four dozen eggs every morning to help me get large. And now that I'm grown, I eat five dozen eggs, so I'm roughly the size of a barge. Totally. 
totally. And it's once again, Ash making fun of these macho hetero guys that yes. are just awful to women. And uh. also like the lyrics are very similar where like the grinding with Gaston is very similar to the grinding with dentist where it's that yeah. pinging off each other. And it's great. And I love the film version with Steve Martin where he's continually just whacking his secretary like every time she comes around the corner. And the, like the leather gloves. Yes. Or then there's the great shot from like inside the mouth and you see him drilling in there yeah. with the tongue. Like the masochism and the, it the is. misogyny is so... It's also just interesting where like his parents see what he's up to. And instead of going and being like, my child needs help, they're like, oh, it's okay. You'll find a profession that will allow you to... <laughs> exercise these demons you're gonna be a dentist yeah you have a talent for causing things pain pain. yeah like you'll be a dentist dentist. so good but it's so perky yeah but it plays the opposite it does musically it's genius because it allows us the gray yeah like the fact that we're poking fun at this <laughs> idiot he's so he's getting high off his own gas yeah and then <laughs> literally and then he's backed up by yeah. by um, the doo-wop the the chiffon crystal and runette yeah. yeah right is great so good and in its time and place like that is the person that audrey would be attracted going to. for yeah because successful he, he was successful he would get her out of the gutter yeah he yeah and so good like, no pain no gain i yeah, guess for literally her. uh but that wasn't that's not right for her no 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 i love uh, it so dentist my number one what is your number oh, yeah, two i like that i like that um it has to be somewhere that's green December bride. he's father he knows best our kids watch howdy doody as the sun sets in the west. A picture out of better homes and gardens magazine. Far from Skid Row. my list i went with the other love ballad of the show yeah that's mine but Um, anyway somewhere that's green beautiful song feel like i I did a parody of it uh, it's just the want Mm -hmm. for normalcy she doesn't want like a high rise on park avenue no she wants simplicity she wants like a little family yeah and they eat their you know tv dinners yeah snuggle watching lucy with their bedtime ape uh is Eight, it 850? Yeah. Like, like just that dream of something that so many of us take for granted. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that white picket fence life that, you know, talked about in company, right? It's that yeah. dreaming of that rock, that Norman Rockwell, leave it to Picture. beaver world. Yeah. 
that because that, uh, that's something yeah you, and it's you, interesting talking about it after talking about company because mm-hmm. what audrey wants is what they seemingly have and they want yes. more do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and her want isn't even as big as what they have in company it's yeah. it's it's just do you know what she wants she wants stability yeah and not to be beaten <laughs> Well, or be an abusive relationship. She yeah. wants she wants love. She wants a family. Mm-hmm. Like it's so simple. And I think mm-hmm. it's deceptively simple. Yeah. And in there lies the beauty of it. Yes. Yeah. Somewhere that's green. Yeah. Like a match a matchbox. A matchbox of our own. Yeah. Like she wants one of those houses that go together. Like yeah. the Barbie house. houses. Yeah. Yeah. That like they go together. What are they called? Oh, like I'm the, gonna find it. like the log will connect houses. Yeah, it's, yeah, I know, um, I know what you're talking about. Hold on, I'll find the lyrics. Okay, you tell me your next one. Well, mine is suddenly Seymour. Tell me this feeling will last till forever. Tell me the bad times are clean washed away. Please understand that it's still strange and frightening for losers like I. one of the best love duets yeah. in Bra- in the 100%. Broadway canon. And I personally love it because Seymour is the nice guy who oftentimes I fall into that category too, just being the nice guy that you Everyone see these... takes advantage of. Yeah, and, and, and you see these wonderful people who are in the wrong relationship or in a bad situation and you have to be there to be the guy that cry, that, that, that listens and lets them cry on your shoulder and you're like, damn, like, yeah. you deserve better. And... A tract house. A tract house. A tract house. They're they, like an alcan yeah. house. They used to like just snap together. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-built. Right? And the song is, once again, it's a leveled song because on one level, Seymour's being friendly and just trying to be there for her. Yeah. But at the same time, you also see him planting the seeds of romance. Literally. Literally. He is. He's like, a horticulturalist after he is. all. He really is. And he's planting these seeds of romance with her. I will say you you can see because uh, this is one of the early collaborations of Ashman and Mankin. Yeah, but you can see the once again seeds of what they're going to do later in Disney with like Kiss the Girl. Yeah, and totally. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, like something 100%. there is totally the sister or sequel to Suddenly Seymour. A hundred percent. 
She glanced this way, I thought I saw And when we touched she didn't shudder at my paw No, it can't be, I'll just ignore But then she's never looked at me that way before song is really just the continuation of that it's the same type of back and forth right yeah and just swap out the doo-wop girls for lumiere cogsworth and mrs potts (laughs) and you got it i love that it's so good or 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 sebastian yes right which is more musically like the crab (laughs) sing with me now he looks like a lobster yeah whatever Sha-la-la-la-la-la, my oh my, looks like the boy too shy. You gotta kiss the girl. Whoa, whoa. Oh, we got there we go. There he is. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, my number two. Yeah, I like that one too. Yeah, I I like that one too. But I have to say, I'm gonna say my third one is Skid Row. Then you go downtown where the folks are broke. You go downtown where your life's a joke. You go downtown. Skid Row. Okay, that partially makes my next list. No. There's a reason why, and we'll get and I'll let you talk about why you like it first. And I, just, I, will. I like it because they're they're like I need a way to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like it, I I'm a child of the streets here on Skid Row. And then Mr. Mushnik takes him in and gives yeah. me he treats me like dirt and calls me a slob. Yeah. And he agrees with him, which mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. You know, like it's just and and there's it's just a wanting song. Yeah. So there's a lot of pain in it. Mm-hmm. And um again, they're looking for that somewhere that's green. Yeah. It's not dirty, it's not grimy. And at the time, when when was the first um they wrote this in nineteen It came out in nineteen eighty two. Nineteen eighty two. Like New York at that time was it was pre Disneyfied. Okay, so it's still that grimy world. So it was it was very uh capitalism had not come through and gentrified the whole city. <laughs> and it was a different city. Mm-hmm. And it was Skid Row was very much alive and well. Okay. And there was like it was it was something else. And I, I remember going to New York in was it eighty six? Yeah, because you would see Phantom at that point. It was a very different it was a very different city. Interesting. Right? And uh poverty abounded. Mm-hmm. Right? Um well, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'll tell you why the prologue slash Skid Row made my other list. And it's because mm. I feel these songs need to be condensed into one. It's Because uh, you have the yeah. doo-wop girls come out at the opening, and then you got this other song, and it's like, it takes so long to get to the plant plot and moving this, getting into the main I know, I kind of wish Skid Row would start it. Like, yeah, or, like, just, or like, just make, just conflate them. conflate them, because yeah. it takes so long to get to the plant plot, and then we end so quickly that I'm like, 
Yeah. It just, like, we need that open, like, the first half hour of the show yeah. to be way quicker to getting into I agree. the plan. And so that's the only reason why I love, because I think it's a great opening, sets up the world and everything. Yeah. But it's just, like, we need to condense this and just move it along faster. And, yeah, we'll get into more of what I don't like. <laughs> but my third choice is Feed Me. Which is phenomenal. And it? Yeah. It is literally the Faustine moment of the show. It's the scene right out of the play where Dr. Faustus makes his deal with um, Mephistopheles for the extra 24 years of life on Earth. And at the time, he will have Mephistopheles as his personal servant and his ability to use magic. However, at the end, his body, Winslow will be uh, for Lucifer as payment. And it's that same thing of mm. Seymour who at this point in the show makes his pact with the devil sure saying, does. I'll give you blood and bodies and flesh. And in return, you're going to make me rich and happy. And you're going to get me Audrey by getting rid of Orin. And mm. it's so seductive. The song is so seductive. It is. They it's have a sexy. great low bass. Just feed me, Seymour. Feed me. It's that great low. I want food. Right? Yeah. It's that low seductive silk is smooth voice. Yeah. And it also is the moment in the show it's where a big Barry White number as it were. It is. It is. Way. It totally is. And, and it, it is. It's yeah. very too lure. Yes. Is, uh... It's kind of it's once you know what it's like? It's like poor unfortunate souls in Little Mermaid. Oh, and there is one we haven't discussed the subject of payment. But I don't have I'm it. not asking much. Just a token, really, a trifle. What I want from you is... Your voice. But without my voice, how can I... You'll have your looks, your pretty face, and don't underestimate the importance of a body language. Ha! The men up there don't like a lot of blabber. They think a girl who gossips is a bore. Yet on land it's much preferred for ladies not to say a word. And after all, dear, what is idle prattle for? Come on, they're not all that impressed with conversation. Two gentlemen avoid it when they can. But they don't inform and fawn on a lady who's withdrawn. It's she who holds her tongue who gets a man. Come on, you poor unfortunate soul. Go ahead, make your choice. I'm a very busy woman, and I haven't got all day. It won't cost much. Just your voice, your poor unfortunate soul. It's sad, but true. If you want to cross a bridge, my sweet, you've got to pay the toll. Take a gulp and take a breath, and go ahead and sign the scroll. Fox some jets, and now I've got her, boys. The boss is on a roll. This poor unfortunate. Ursula's tentacles just wrapping around Ariel being like 
come into my domain and make the deal, yeah, right? Like make the deal, pay is, the price. There is something very sexy about it. It is. It's very sexy. Yeah. With that voice of Beating Audrey the devil. Too. It is. It is. It totally is. Yeah. And it also is the moment of the show where um, it it's transition for the audience, where we go from seeing Seymour as this good, pure white, good guy character, and now he's become gray. Where throughout the most of the first yeah. act, we've yeah. all seen him kind of as the schmuck, schmuckily Rick Moranis guy, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh... You oh. have a dark side to you. Oh, he's willing to do this. He's willing to kill people for this plan. Yes. And the, and the thing of like, what can I do? Yeah. Like, like it, it, and it, he, it challenges. Yeah. It challenges us yes. to really contemplate mm-hmm. if we would do the same thing. Right? Like what pushes us to that point of making a decision mm-hmm. like that? That's why true crime is so fascinating. Yes. Because you're always like, I wonder what is the tipping point, right? To it's, well, it's that fascination of trying to know what's inside the mind of of people who do these types of acts. Yeah, it's it's why every time there's a new true crime documentary on Netflix, it's like the number one thing people watch. Of course, people want to know. Fascinating, but it's because I think we all have, have that our in us. own darkness, and yes. we don't want to confront it. Yes, absolutely. I got in touch with my dark side in my creative writing class in grade 12. So, so it scared my <laughs> friends and teachers. Yeah, but no. it's amazing. It's amazing how... We all have that in us. We do. We do. So Feed Me is, yeah. is a great choice. And the other big thing I'll say about this moment of the show is it's the payoff moment of the show. Where oh, audiences yeah. love it. Because when I saw it in Starbucks, I had a little girl sitting next to me. And the minute that plant talked for the first time, she audibly did a <gasps> like moment of, oh my God. Like, How can the plant talk? Right? It's that theater magic moment yeah. of, and as the audience, as an adult audience, we know it's coming. And it's still, yeah. we're like, holy shit, it's coming. Eat me, crowbar. It's, it's great. so good. It's, it's the payoff. Yeah. So yeah. In the two, th- this is fun. This okay. is a fun fact. In the 2003 version mm-hmm. uh, with Hunter Foster, okay. who is Sutton Foster's brother. Cool. Uh, who starred in Urinetown okay. on Broadway. Anyway, the the plant that they had originally cast was Billy Porter. Perfect. I think that's I great. I can totally see yeah. that. Yeah. Totally and I've also seen sometimes where they cast the plant as female, like make it like a soul singer, Aretha Franklin type, which I'm not a huge fan of. I don't think no. it works as well. It needs to be a male, no, seductive plant. The, the plant's a dick. Yeah. It's got a big guy. It's, Sorry. It, it's a phallic plant. Um, it, well, it is, but it's also, it's to lure. Yes. Like, women don't lure. They do different things. Yeah. They, they, there's, yeah. It's different. Yeah. Um, but there have been some very famous people playing these roles. It's yeah. Really interesting. Absolutely. Jake uh, Gyllenhaal. Yeah, he's done it. And now Megan Hilty has done it. And now... Uh, for the first time, I think there is a trans actor playing playing Audrey, which is amazing. Beautiful. I I do I love that. I yeah. love that. That's at the great. Pasadena Playhouse. Yeah. And Jonathan Groff. Yeah. Did yeah. Seymour at a different times. Christian Borel. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, now we're into the top three songs we either skip or remove. Hmm. I've told you really the only, really, really the only one is mine is the opening. Other than that, I'm pretty good with the rest of it. Yeah. My biggest thing is reduce the Greek chorus Motown stuff, focus on the plant and see more. 
and expand act two because it ends so quickly yeah, that i'm like we does. haven't had enough time with the plant to really enjoy or just make it a one act yeah no like, what? that could, would work I, people would sit through this cut like make, go, go back to what the movie was movie was 60 minutes cut it down it to like 90 minutes and make it a one act even 145 like uh, like an hour 45 people will sit through yeah i sat through robert lapage play that was two hours and 10 minutes oh god so if I'm gonna sit through that, you I'm gonna sit, through, sit through. Yeah, I'm gonna sit through this. Do you um, have any songs that you would want to cut or move? Um, no. I mean, Wushnik and Son. Okay, you win. I'll be your son. Hooray! I win. I'll be my son. Got up the paper stack. I'm touched. I really am. And when you reach age 83, I'll let you come move in with me. You swear? I promise. What a son! Mushnik and Son. That's that. Officially, I'm your brat. Consider the matter closed and done. Now to the world, let's stick our senior and junior stick through thin and through thick, through sloppy and slick. So come kiss me quick, please don't make me sick. Push me. You do you need, need to see you need to see Mushnik and it also shows his opportunism too. He's kind of like does. the innkeeper in Les Mis where he goes, Let he's me capitalize. Tenardier, man. He is Tenardier. And he's not stupid. No, he's, he's smart. I mean, it's a little bit offensive with all the Jewish stereotypes they throw in that song. But but it works. They're two Jewish men yeah. writing about this guy. Yeah. So in that, are what are they confronting in that? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if they're confronting anything or yeah. if they're if they are pushing the stereotype mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, attract audiences that go for stereotype. I don't know. Be, I don't know what they're trying well, to. Let's also just like be movie, that conversation. Yeah. Alan Mann can come on the podcast. We'll happily have you. I, I just think I think it's I think it's interesting, and it does it does play into the stereotypes, but. It's also, we're also going on a B movie. Mm-hmm. And if you look at people who are into B movies yeah. traditionally, mm-hmm. you're, 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 uh, so maybe it's a commentary in a yeah. way. So yeah, now I'm with you. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Shorten up the, yeah, yeah, like I'm, I'm not into the stereotype, but I think it's there for a purpose. It is. It totally is. So Mencken and Ashley yeah. don't do anything for not for a purpose. Yeah. That's what no. they're really smart about. They're like, there's Disney movies are really concise and lean there's no song that is not supposed to be there no they're genius yeah genius yeah okay. so now we get to should it be revived even though it already is being revived but i'm totally for this show me too like first of all the fact that we as humans are currently killing the environment for the sake of forestry and more beef like yeah. mother nature has a way of fighting back people and they will fight back yeah. Easily. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's totally going to happen. But it's also, it's it, it, it's a, a total statement on on what is evil. And capitalism is evil. That plant represents the capitalist regime. And we are, and it plays on the, like, the mm-hmm. weakest people in society. Easy prey. Yeah. Easy prey, just like Seymour Krelborn. Yeah. Is an easy target. It is. Because he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. 
But right. also it's just great because it's it's that classic message of don't make deals with the devil for short-term gains because it just comes back to bite you in the end, literally in this show, um, with Audrey. <laughs> bite you in the ass, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, it totally reflects what happened with Trump getting impeached, where he tried to make a short-term gain by getting dirt so on Joe Biden. we're talking about impeachment yeah. again. It comes back I've, a few times. Now that I've gone through this impeachment trial... I now understand that the Senate can squash it. Shame on you. Yes. Shame on you, Senate yeah. of America. Yeah. And um, way to go to that, what was his, what, one guy. The oh, one guy. Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. <coughs> who actually. Did something. I mean, he, he said it was for God. Yeah. And like, thank God for you your have... true Christian values. Yes. In that moment. Thank you. Amazing. So yes, it should yeah. be revived. Yeah, because it is is a complex. They're actually trying to remake the movie with about, Lady Gaga yeah. as oh. Uh, Audrey. Oh, that'd be good. You know, what? I actually could see that role I, working. For I her. I do that. Yeah. I do that way better than A Star Is Born. Not my yes. fave. Yeah, no, not, not my fave either. Uh, but yeah, that's I think that's it for us for season one. Autumn. Oh my god, Mac, we did it! We made it through our first fourteen episodes. Woo. Um, by this time, you also would have heard our cats review because we will we will record our and release our cats review for you of the film. Autumn saw it twice, so she definitely has things to say. I, um, I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> no one should have to ever talk about that. Or see that movie. Stay tuned for that. That that either that has come out or it will come out before this episode. Uh, we Maybe. will be taking a brief hiatus um, to take time to stock up on new episodes of season two. Uh, in this description, there is a link to a survey where you can tell us all about what you want us to see us improve. What we should we add? What should we make less of? Uh, what's a musical you really want us to talk about? Where you're listening from? And people who do do the survey. We ha- will be entering you in a contest where we where you can win some type of gift card, whether it's iTunes, Cineplex, something. We will be doing a gift card for you. Um, so stay tuned for the premiere season two to find out who won. Uh, but please go to the link below and do our survey. Woo! Uh, what else are we doing? Um, we also do a separate contest as well uh, for anybody who leaves us a five-star review. On yeah. on any of the forums, particularly iTunes. We like those. We will read your five-star reviews on air, and we will have you enter to win a contest as well. We feel very validated by five stars. We do. Um, thank you all for listening to season one. We have, Yay. in 14 episodes, we've really gone on to every continent. Yeah. Considering we've now added Moscow, Russia to yeah. the list of listeners, as well as Argentina, Brazil, France, Germany, uh, all throughout the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. We have to get into the Arctic. Yeah, we have to get into the Arctic. I mean, we have Hong Kong. We have Australia. We haven't broken into New Zealand yet. We're working on that. It'll happen. It'll totally happen. It'll happen. happen. Season two. Season two. um, Let me see when we actually have our date for season. Let me see if I wrote that down. Uh, Season two is planned for the beginning of May. Woo! So stay tuned for that. We have some guests lined up to come join us as a third party. So that will be really exciting. Uh, but yeah, we are ready to go. Uh, season two coming out beginning of May. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we thank you so much for listening. If you thank haven't, you, you're awesome. 
uh, caught up on all 14 episodes, please go back through, listen to them again, uh, as we love to hear that as well. That was uh, me tinging you. Yeah. Autumn is tinging away here. Thank you so much, everybody. A Thank quick you. announcement from Mr. Brody Weld, who has released a single. His single is called Say La Vie. It is the first single from the Wavy Flow collaboration uh, with Boston-based luxury trap producer Wavy Matt. Uh, Brody, after becoming a dad and returning to the rap scene with the 2019 album Father Flozis, Flozis has uh, been learning to cope with the new stresses. Say La Vie captures the attitude that Flozis is bringing into 2020 keeping your head up, invested in your own, and eventually the talent will speak for itself. Uh, Brody's Hamilton-based. He will hopefully be coming on to do an episode with us in the upcoming season. Uh, I will post the link to his uh, music in the description as well as on our social media pages because he has done a great job with our theme music. We love him for that. Yay, Brody. Uh, Thank you, Brody. And that autumn, in the meantime, as you're on vacation... Where can people reach you if they do want to reach out and talk to you about any episode from season one? About anything. Life in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am at autumndmsmith at hotmail.com. You can also reach me at my business account, littlewoodsmith.com. Uh, or Autumn uh, Smith. I think it's Autumn Smith. I don't know. It's Autumn Smith or Autumn TM Smith on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Also, Littlewood Smith on Facebook and Instagram. Join. Join. Mm -hmm, Come mm -hmm. see me in Muskoka. Love it. Citronella coming this summer. Citronella coming this summer. And I will be found on all social media platforms at Mackenzie Horner. Uh, Just look for the red hair guy in the pictures. Uh, Please subscribe to all our other social media platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where we post all types of fun facts, uh, clues for upcoming episodes, and just a great place to interact with your fellow listeners. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for making this dream a reality for us. Yes. We really appreciate this. We never thought in 14 episodes we would be where we are. No. With over, like, 1,200 listens. Our first three episodes, basically over 100 listens. Our first episode is by the best one will probably be over 200 listens wow. already. Uh, it's just been a really whirlwind, fun adventure we are on, and we're so excited to continue this. Totally. Going for we have eight seasons worth of musicals to talk to you about. So we're guaranteed to hit at least a few of them. That and then you after love. eight seasons, who knows? Maybe after there'll probably be more. Probably because every time a musical hits ten years, it then becomes available for us to talk about. So That's it. We eventually we could get to talking about the Book of Mormon. And Hamilton, Hamilton. Dear Evan Hansen, all those shows. We'll be there. Yeah. But thank you all again so much. Remember, don't feed the plants. Uh, Watch out. Watch out for weird, creepy creatures. And we'll see you in May uh, with the uh, next season of Before the Downbeat, a musical podcast. Thank you, everybody, so much. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.